Good morning. Welcome to Clinton United Methodist Church. I am Pastor Michael. I'm happy to see you here on this cold and snowy morning, uh, the first Sunday in February. Um, just a, a heads up, because I'm hoping if I say this enough, I'll remember it. Um, next Sunday, we won't have a children's message because the children are going to be working on uh, putting the meal together. So, uh, when you come in with uh, your little ones, uh, you can send them right to the gym. And uh, Linda and uh, the other uh, Sunday school teachers will have them all uh, organized and ready to go. So, um, so hopefully if we all say that enough times, Pastor Michael will remember. Um, I think that's all I've got, so I'm going to throw it over to Lisa, and she's going to fill you in on a bunch of other stuff. Well, our announcement list is very short this, this day. <laughs> uh, we're still looking for people to join the bell choir, and Kim is looking for adults as well as children. So if you're interested in that, see Kim. Um, you may have noticed out in the narthex, we have started something new. We have our own little library. So out here, there's a bookshelf, and there's books, and you're welcome to take them and read them and bring them back and, or bring some of the ones you want to get rid of at home and, so that we can all share those books. So help yourself to that. On February, there is no line dancing. No line dancing. They're hoping to get started back up the first part of March, but we'll keep you posted on that. There is a fundraiser meeting uh, tomorrow at 11, if anybody would like to come and join for that and share your ideas. Bible study is on Wednesday at 6 o'clock. The food pantry is this week, along with the sewing club meeting on Thursday. And the ad board will be meeting, and we have bell choir practice as well. Next week, we'll do our noisy coin, and the youth uh, the kids are all providing a luncheon after service next week for us. So, and this year, their theme is Chinese. So if you want to stay next Sunday after and join us for that. I think that is all of the announcements. I do have... Oh, go ahead. Um, couple announcements. First, the bell choir is at 6 o'clock on Thursday, so if you'd like to come join that. Second, Sanctuary Choir, we still have plenty of room. You don't have to have a solo voice. If you can just carry a tune, we would love to have you. And that rehearsal is at 4 o'clock on Fridays. And also, I'd like to have a quick meeting in regards to, we're trying to get together a family dinner and fun night, like once a month. And so I'd like Linda and Kelly and I are going to get together. Anyone else who's interested in, in being involved with that, uh, you know, just kind of stay after church for a few minutes so we can kind of touch base and so we can kind of get this off the ground. Thank you. I do have a thank you note here. It's from the Global Ministries. Um, if you'll remember one month, I can't remember which month it was, but uh, we chose to take our noisy coin collection and send that to UMCOR. So we have a thank you. Dear people, you just helped with your gift to UMCOR. With your gift to UMCOR, may never have the opportunity to meet you, but if they did, I am certain their response would be thank you. And through your financial support, you are serving within a vital network of interactive relationships 
in the U.S. and in more than 60 countries in which UMCOR and partnering agencies engage in direct ministry to persons in need. May we continue to reveal the love of God for men, women, and children of all ethnic, racial, cultural, and national backgrounds and to demonstrate the healing power of the gospel with those who suffer. Grace and peace, Roland Fernandez, the General Secretary. So that is good, and I think that's all the announcements. And we'll pause for a moment and listen to our choir. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord hath made, that the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice, let us rejoice and be glad in it, and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day. Now, if you'll join me for our call to worship, Alleluia, Christ is alive. Let all the people praise him. Let all creation sing with joy. Alleluia. Now, if you'll stand if you're able, and we'll start with our first hymn, Rock of Ages, Cleft for Me, number 361 in your hymnal.
if you'll join me for our opening prayer this morning. Surprising God, God, in the the resurrection resurrection of Jesus Christ, Christ, you you make make all things things new. Long Long ago, you called your church to a love beyond all social and cultural differences and gave them the gift of your Holy Spirit to open their hearts to enact such love. Give us that same spirit of openness that we too might discern new directions in our day for your dream to reconcile and heal all creation. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And next we'll do our affirmation of faith. We believe in the love kingdom of God through Christ upon us, within us, beyond us. We believe the love kingdom is like a mustard seed, sown in apparent insignificance, growing into magnificence for the greening of the world. We believe the love kingdom is like yeast inserted in humble insignificance into the dough of life, expanding into enough bread for the world. We believe the love kingdom of God is like a treasure, lost and rendered insignificant under the ground, now found with joy and thanksgiving. We believe the love kingdom of God is like pearls. All others become insignificant when the largest, most beautiful pearl of all is found. We believe the love kingdom of God is like a net full of fish, where even insignificant sardines are saved, but worm-ridden snoke fish are thrown away. We believe in the love kingdom of God through Christ upon us, within us, beyond us, where the meek and the poor, the merciful and the hungry rejoice with the angels of God. Loving God, we believe. Scatter our unbelief. Amen. You may be seated. I give you a new commandment that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. Let us with gladness offer to God the gifts of our labor, life, and love.
Please rise. Loving God, we give you thanks for the ministry of reconciliation to which you call us in the name of Jesus Christ and his resurrection. Accept these gifts for your mission to heal all creation. May they be a testament to your love for us as we share them in love for you. Through Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. You may be seated and our next hymn is number 191. Jesus loves me. seated it is now time for our youth moment i'd like to invite all of our youth and children to come up and grab a chair and i will meet you down there How are you guys doing today? Good? Yeah? Awake? Kind of? Sort of? Yeah? Oh, that sounds like fun. I'm not so 
So, who knows what month it is? What month? February, that's right. Is there a, is there a special day in February? Does anybody know? Valentine's Day, that's right. There's other ones too, but that's the one we're going to focus on. All right, so what do we usually do on Valentine's Day? You make Valentine cards, right. And then what do you do with them? What do you do with them? Give them to your friends. Okay. Yeah, your mom or your grandma, or what about your teachers? You guys give Valentine's to your teachers sometimes? No? Okay. Um, why do you give those people Valentine's? Make them feel good? Because you love them. Okay. So... Do you love your friends the same way you love your mom and dad? Or is it a different kind of love? Different kind? Do you love your teachers the same way you love your brothers and sisters? No, it's a different kind of love, right? Yeah. So, I want to teach you guys a new word, although you might know it already, but I don't know, so I'm going to assume it's a new word. And that word is agape. Okay, can you guys say that? Agape. Agape. Okay, agape is a kind of love, and it's the kind of love that God has for all of us. It's a very special kind of love. It's, it's different than the love we have for each other, whether it's our family or our friends or our teachers or anything like that. Um, and it's different because it is the purest kind of love there is. And it, and it doesn't expect anything back. And, and sometimes, like, say the love you have for your friends, you love your friends because Lots of different reasons. Maybe it's because they're nice to you and you're nice to them and they have some of the same interests as you. So there's some kind of back and forth there. But God's love for us, that agape love, it doesn't expect anything back, which is, is really, really powerful because that's not normally how we think about love. Can you think of an example of God's love, that agape love that maybe you've heard about in Sunday school or in the Bible or I've talked about? Can you think of anything that's, that we know about from the Bible that would be an example of God's love, agape love? What do we do around Easter? Yeah. You get Christmas presents on Christmas. Okay, so so what else happened? What is what else is Christmas about? That's Jesus' birthday, and that is a sign of agape love that God sent Jesus to come. And what does Jesus do? Well, when Jesus comes, not right away, but later on in the story, what does Jesus do? There's a cross, 
Nobody's awake. Jesus, Jesus dies for us so that we can be saved. That is, is one of the best examples of agape love. Okay? All right, so we have communion later, so we're, we're not going to do the Lord's Prayer now. We're going to do it later. But I want you guys to do something for me. I want you, if you get a chance, to tell someone this week about agape love. Okay? It can be one of your parents or a friend or a grandparents or anybody you want. Okay, But if you get a chance, try and tell someone else about agape love. All right? You think you can do that? Maybe? Yeah. Give it a good, good try? Okay. And I think we have, do we have our, aha, and it's been refilled. All right. Come get a sucker and then off to Sunday school with you. When did Tootsie Roll Pops start making green? They have green Tootsie Pops when I was a kid. Remember the rest of these colors. Do you want one, buddy? No? Okay, we have um, a lot of prayer requests uh, this morning. Um, if you will bear with me as we go through these. Um, we have prayers for uh, Todd Quig, that is uh, Diana's oldest stepson. Um, his wife passed away Friday evening very unexpectedly. Um, we have prayers for Noah Gibson, the grandson of Linda and Roger Waltz. He is having his surgery at Mott's Children's Hospital on February 8th. So prayers for him and for his doctors and nurses and uh, everybody involved in that. Uh, continued prayers for uh, Nancy, Alice's sister, who is still struggling and adjusting to uh, living in her assisted living uh, home. Uh, we have prayers for um, Kim and her family. Her five-year-old granddaughter passed away unexpectedly. Um, don't have a lot of details at this point yet, but, um, but prayers for her and her family. Uh, continued prayers for Bill Marshall, who is uh, still fighting cancer, um, as well as prayers for his family for strength. Um, we have prayers for um, the family of Becky Shadley. She passed away from COVID complications. Uh, continued prayers for Sue Hartag. Um, when I spoke with her or emailed last with her. Um, 
She had gone through, I believe it was her sixth round of chemo, um, and it's been hard on her, but she is hoping that she's starting to turn a corner. Um, prayers for Kathy, Carrie's aunt, who's in the hospital with COVID. They are having difficulty regulating her breathing. Uh, prayers for Sharon, a friend of uh, David and Sue's, who was rushed to the ER uh, with lesions in her brain that were causing some swelling. We've been praying for her for, I believe, a couple weeks now. Uh, continued prayers for uh, Jeff Miller, that's Lucy's son and Lisa's brother, who is the surgery still scheduled for the 9th? Okay. So hopefully that that date will, will hold. Um, continued prayers for Janet, uh, Carl's daughter. Um, she had her surgery for breast cancer. Everything has gone well, and she's at home resting. Um, but she will have to have radiation when she regains her strength. So continued prayers for healing and strength for her. Um, continued prayers for Diane Gieske. She's doing well after her outpatient surgery. Um, awesome. Is she listening to her doctors? Okay. <clears throat> I know some people aren't always good about that, so. Um, we have prayers for Susan uh, Schaefer's family. Um, she passed away at the end of January. Um, we have prayers for uh, Leslie, uh, who came down with COVID. Um, her kids have been staying with her mom, and that has been very hard, um, not just for her kids and little, especially little Connor, but also for her. Um, when Sarah tested positive before we knew the other, the rest of us had COVID, um, trying to keep the boys away from her was was hard, and it was really heartbreaking for her. So um, I can empathize with with Leslie and her family. Um, we have prayers for, looking to see if we have any repeats here, uh, continued prayers for Fred Bauman, um, continued prayers for Wilda and Paul, um, Wilda of course is at home recovering still, prayers for healing and strength for both of them, continued prayers for Molly's family, um, Molly had passed away not long ago. Uh, continued prayers for Harry, um, who fell and broke his vertebrae, um, and hopefully he is listening to his wife and his doctor about using his walker. Um, continued prayers for Sarah and Sue, a friend of theirs passed away from kidney failure, that is uh, Carl. Uh, continued prayers for Pat Duday's daughter, Amy, up in Escanaba, who is still suffering with diabetes and some other medical issues. And then, of course, we still want to be holding St. Joseph Shrine Catholic Church uh, in our prayers, along with the family and friends of Father David Hudgens, who was killed in a car accident at the beginning of the year, um, as I am sure they are still uh, mourning that loss. Do we have any others that we didn't have in the bulletin or cards for? Oh, jeez. Oh, 
disabled uh, nephew who uh, caught COVID and now for the second time is back in the hospital with seizures. Since he can't tell the doctors what's wrong, it's uh, my sister-in-law's only child. And uh, so I just pray that he be around for a lot longer. Do we have any others? Okay, that is, is quite a list. Um, if you would join me in an attitude of prayer. In this season of love, let us offer our prayers and thanksgivings for the church and the world, saying, O God of love, raise us to new life in Christ. For the well-being of your creation, that we may promote its ability to offer praise to you through spacious skies, bountiful seas, verdant lands, and precious creatures great and small. O God of love, raise us to new life in Christ. For the life of the church, that our generous witness may broaden your table as all find a place to live and grow in love. O God of love, raise us to new life in Christ. For the welfare of your world, that all leaders and people, young and old, will strive to live together in harmony while serving the common good. O God of love, raise us to new life in Christ. For all who suffer any violence, pain, or grief, they will know the comfort of your presence as you wipe away every tear from their eyes. O God of love, raise us to new life in Christ. For the love made known to us in Jesus Christ through this community, for this and all other blessings we give you thanks and praise. O God of love, raise us to new life in Christ. For all who have died, that you will bring them to the fullness of your joy, where mourning and pain will be no more. O God of love, raise us to new life in Christ. For so many blessings and for answered prayers, we give you thanks through Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. If you would please join me in our prayer for illumination. O God of promise, your word made flesh in Jesus Christ is trustworthy and true. By the power of your Holy Spirit, may it rise up in us this day like a gift from the spring of the water of life to refresh our thirsty souls. Amen. We will now hear again from our uh, sanctuary choir.
you to our choir. They do such a lovely job for us, don't they? Our first scripture reading is 1 Samuel 18, verses 1 through 5, and 19, verses 1 through 5. When David had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was bound to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Saul took him that day and would not let him return to his father's house. Then Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as his own soul. Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that he was wearing and gave it to David and his armor and even his sword and his bow and his belt. David went out and was successful wherever Saul sent him. As a result, Saul sent him over the army, and all the people, even the servants of Saul, approved. Saul spoke with his son Jonathan and with all his servants about killing David. But Saul's son Jonathan took great delight in David. Jonathan told David, My father Saul is trying to kill you. Therefore, be on guard tomorrow morning. Stay in a secret place and hide yourself. I will go out and stand beside my father about you. Sorry. I will go out and stand beside my father in the field where you are, and I will speak to my father about you. If I learn anything, I will tell you. Jonathan spoke well of David to his father Saul, saying to him, the king should not sin against his servant David because he has not sinned against you and because his deeds have been of good service to you. For he took his life in his hand when he attacked the Philistine and the Lord brought about a great victory for all Israel. You saw it and rejoiced. Why then will you sin against an innocent person by killing David without cause? The word of God for the people of God, and you say, thanks be to God. If you'll please stand if you're able, and we will go to our next hymn, Jesus is All the World to Me, number 469.
may be seated. <clears throat> Our next scripture readings come from 2 Samuel chapter 9, verses 1 through 13, and then from the Gospel of John chapter 13, verses 31 through 35. David asked, Is there anyone left of the house of Saul to whom I may, sh to whom I may show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba, and he was summoned to David. The king said to him, Are you Ziba? And he said, At your service. The king said, Is there anyone remaining of the house of Saul to whom I may show the kindness of God? Ziba said to the king, There remains a son of Jonathan. He is crippled in his feet. The king said to him, Where is he? Ziba said to the king, He is in the house of Machir, son of Emil, at Lodabar. Then David sent and brought him from the house of Machir, son of Emil, at Lodabar. Meth, Mephibosheth. It's probably close. Son of Jonathan, son of Saul, came to David and fell at his feet and did obedience. David said, Methabosheth, he answered, I am your servant. David said to him, do not be afraid, for I will show you kindness for the sake of your father Jonathan. I will restore to you all the land of your grandfather Saul, and you yourself shall eat at my table always. He did obedience and said, What is your servant that you should look upon a dead dog such as I? The king then summoned Saul's servant Ziba and said to him, All that belong to Saul and to all his house I have given to your master's grandson. You and your sons and your servants shall till the land for him and shall bring in the produce so that your master's grandson may have food to eat. But your master's grandson, Mephidosheth, shall always eat at my table." Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Then Ziba said to the king, according to all that my lord the king commands, his servant, so your servant will do. Mephidosheth ate at David's table like one of the king's sons. Mephidosheth had a young son whose name was Micah, and all who lived in Ziba's house became Mephidosheth's servants. Mephidosheth lived in Jerusalem, for he always ate at the king's table. Now he was lame in both feet. From the Gospel of John. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am only with you a little while longer. You will look for me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. This is the word of God for the people of God, and you say, thanks be to God. Please join me again in an attitude of prayer. God of love, God who is love, we come before you in search of love. Love that heals, love that comforts, 
Love that builds up, love that breaks down walls, love that makes us whole. We know that you offer us that love, but we also search for it amongst ourselves. We struggle to love sometimes, both others and ourselves. Help us to love as Jesus loves, fully, authentically, inclusively, and completely. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts together in this place be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, good morning again, everyone. Happy February. Happy Black History Month. February is also the American Heart Month, National Weddings Month, and National Grapefruit Month. I bet you guys didn't know the last one, did you? February is also Canned Food Month, Great American Pie Month, National Bird Feeding Month, National Cherry Month, National Children's Dental Health Month, National Self-Check Month, National Hot Breakfast Month, National Library Lovers Month, National Snack Food Month, I can support that, and National Embroidery Month. Got all that? There's going to be a quiz later. And today, February 6th, has a few special designations as well. Today is National Chopsticks Day, National Frozen Yogurt Day, Go ahead and celebrate those two together, I dare you. National Pork Rind Appreciation Day, Pay a Compliment Day, and several others that I will spare you from. I do, though, think that we should hold a contest to see who can celebrate the most of those things in a single act, like eating pork rind ice cream with chopsticks while embroidering a great American pie design. Or maybe not. But despite all these special designations, as I, as I mentioned with our, our young ones today, I think a vast majority tend to think of February as the month of love because we celebrate Valentine's Day on the 14th. Now, I know there's been a lot of back and forth about Valentine's Day, including its history, um, as well as its commercialization as what a lot of people refer to as a hallmark holiday. But I don't want to get into all of that. I, I want to just focus right now on love. So as we sled or ski or toboggan into the second month of the new year, we're going to be following a new sermon series I've written titled All About Love. Over the next four weeks, as we head towards Lent that begins in March, we're going to be talking about love. We're going to look at what love is, what love is not, what love does and does not do. And then finally, we're going to talk about loving the church. Now, all this focus will come through the lenses of scripture, experience, reason, and tradition, also known as our Wesleyan quadrilateral. We will explore how we understand human love as well as God's love. And I promise this will not be just a bunch of mushy stuff like in a romantic comedy film, we're going to try to take a truly objective look and view of love. Martin Luther King Jr. once said, love is the only force capable of transforming an enemy into a friend. 
Theologian Thomas Merton said that love is our true destiny. We do not find the meaning of life by ourselves alone. We find it with another. French novelist Marcel Proust wrote that love is space and time measured by the heart. Another Frenchman, the dramatist Jean Anou, said that love is, above all, the gift of oneself. Voltaire opined that love is a canvas furnished by nature and embroidered by imagination. The American evangelist David Wilkerson expressed that love is not only something you feel, it is something you do. And then we have the philosopher Plato, who apparently felt, as he once wrote, that love is a serious mental disease. I think Plato might have had a little difficulty in the love department. So all of those quotes reflect what some of our popular culture ideals and ideas of what love is. But we know that love is not limited to secular or cultural ideas and norms. We know that love is a crucial and foundational part of faith. So just what does the Bible say about what love is? Well, thankfully, we have a ton of information on that. And today I want to focus on our scripture readings from 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, and John's Gospel. So we're going to dive right in and begin with 1 Samuel chapters 18 and 19. We start with Jonathan's covenant with David. When David had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was bound to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Then Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as his own soul. This whole exchange here is, is really significant in David's story because it forever changes his relationship with the royal family. Jonathan loved David and made a covenant with him, including giving him his own sword, royal clothing, and, and essentially elevating him to be a part of the royal family. With all those last parts there, I think we can make an argument that love is protective, love is inclusive, love is generous, and love is equalizing. Jonathan gave David a powerful weapon to protect himself with, all out of love. Jonathan gave David royal clothing, all out of his love for him. Jonathan elevated David to be a part of the royal family, again, all of this out of love. And that love brought David into a family that was not his birth family, and it's one that carried immense power and influence. And while the text here says that Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him, I think it's still fair to say that love itself is a covenant. We see that displayed further on in chapter 19 when Jonathan speaks to Saul against killing David. And he reminds Saul about all the good that David has done for Saul and for the people. He even puts his father Saul on the spot when he asks him, Why then will you sin against an innocent person 
by killing David without cause. The text says that Jonathan loved David as his own soul. So in a way, Jonathan was not just pleading for David's life, but in a way also his own. But this idea of love as a covenant goes both ways, as a covenant should. When we jump ahead into the second, uh, second Samuel chapter 9, we find David honoring this covenant that was made with Jonathan and still loving him. David asks, is there anyone left from the house of Saul to whom I may show kindness for Jonathan's sake? And in fact, there was. There remains a son of Jonathan. He is crippled in his feet. David said to him, do not be afraid, for I will show you kindness for the sake of your father Jonathan. I will restore to you all the land of your grandfather Saul, and you yourself shall eat at my table always. Now that's love. We have to remember, Saul was, he was a real jerk to David. He tries to kill him, to go, against, uh, to go to war against him, and Saul just kind of turned into a real piece of work by the end of all of this. And despite all of that, despite all of the stuff that Saul does and tries to pull on David, David was still able to remember and focus on his love for Jonathan, Saul's son. And then he goes on to honor and care for Jonathan's son, Saul's grandson. Those actions honor that covenant that David and Jonathan made. Those actions highlight the love they shared for each other, the love that that bound their souls together. The story of this conflict of families didn't turn into the Hatfields and McCoys. And while you can argue that there are multiple reasons for that, love has got to be one of the biggest ones. Just in this series of events in the life of David, we find evidence that love is a covenant. We find evidence that love is kindness, and kindness is love in action, and it is, it is beautiful. We also see that love is often intentional. I don't know that I feel completely confident in saying love is always intentional, although that is probably how I would lean if pressed. But let's keep going into John's gospel and see what we find there about love. Jesus said, I give you a new commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. In this reading, I think we can make the argument that love is also a commandment. I mean, yes, Jesus gives the commandment to love, but I don't think it would be incorrect necessarily to say that in doing so, Jesus makes love itself a commandment. That might be challenging for, for some people to accept or consider, especially because we tend to think about love primarily, or in some cases only, in romantic terms. And being told or commanded to love in romantic terms, is, of course, wrong on all kinds of levels. 
But again, this is not what Jesus is talking about. As I talked with our young ones this morning, Jesus wasn't talking about romantic love, but about agape love. Agape love, when used in Scripture, refers to a pure, willful, and sacrificial love that's not concerned with the self and is concerned with the greatest good of another. Agape love requires faithfulness, commitment, and sacrifice without expecting anything in return. It doesn't just come out of emotions or feelings or familiarity or attraction. The New Testament actually references agape love over 200 times, depending on the translation you read. And I believe we can also make the argument that love is an identifier or an identifiable mark. And I say that because Jesus said, By this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Love is so powerful and important that when we have it for other people, it can be seen in us. Whether that is seen through the things that we do, the things we say, or some other observable method, loving each other is reflected in us, on us, through us, around us, and and more. These words, I believe, are also another example of love being inclusive. Jesus says, love one another, and doesn't apply any disqualifying characteristics or actions or anything else. Just simply love one another. So we've talked about how love is protective, inclusive, generous, equalizing, a covenant, kindness, a commandment, an identifier or identifiable mark for us. You can absolutely make the argument that some of these things that love is applies to Agape love, or romantic love, or platonic love, and so on. Some may apply to only one kind of love, potentially, or just a few. I suppose it all depends on the kind of love you're focusing on and how you understand love. I do think that, there, that all of the ways that we have talked about what love is are applicable to agape love, given what we find in Scripture but they are not all necessarily limited to just agape love. Some of them may be, but not all. Okay, so we have this knowledge now of what love is. So now what? What do we, what do, we do with that? Well, I would say we go and use that knowledge in our lives and how we love each other. Be kind, be generous. Be protective, be inclusive and equalizing, be a visible, audible, and in every other way you can think of to be an identifiable mark of love in all that you do. Be intentional in doing love, in showing love, in being love. It's not always going to be easy. We've talked about that before. Some people or events or experiences can make it hard to love. But that doesn't mean that we don't make a true, pure, and authentic effort. 
Jesus said, I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. Plain and simple. He doesn't say love one another except for the people who are mean or rude or disagree with you about something or think differently than you do or live differently than you do or anything else like that. Just love one another just as I have loved you. That's not just my challenge for you this week and really one I hope that you carry every single day of your life. But it is a divine commandment, a pure and beautiful instruction from the one who is loved more fully and authentically and completely than anyone else. So let us all go out and love one another. Amen. If you would turn to pages 15 and 16 in your hymnals as we prepare to celebrate Holy Communion. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through the prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. Your Spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to announce the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and juice. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. 
by your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now, the confidence of children of God, let us pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Because there is one loaf, we who are one body, we all partake of the one loaf. The bread which we break is a sharing in the body of Christ. The cup over which we have thanks is a sharing in the blood of Christ. In the United Methodist Church, we practice open communion, and what that means is when we're not in the middle of a pandemic, I would be doing everything I just did from that table. And that table doesn't belong to me or even to this church or to our denomination. It belongs to Jesus Christ and he alone. And he has invited everyone to come and partake. It doesn't matter your age, your race, your ethnicity, your sexual orientation, your standing in the community, your financial holdings, all those ways we try to separate ourselves from one another, those boxes that we cram ourselves into. He doesn't see that. Jesus sees us all as equal, beloved children of God. And all that he asks for you to come and participate in this sacrament is that you come with an open heart. Now this morning with our, our bread and juice, you can do this one of two ways. You can dip your bread in your juice and receive your elements together, or you can eat your bread and then drink your juice. Those are both acceptable ways. Neither one is better or worse or more special than the other. So brothers and sisters, I invite you now to take your elements, receive them as the body and blood of Christ shed and broken for you and all the world. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We are going to continue um, with our closing song this morning, our praise song. It is uh, from the Faith We Sing hymnal, number 2073. The title is Celebrate Love, um, and I believe our choir has practiced this a little bit, yes? Um, so they're going to help us, and we will use this song throughout February so we can 
get to know it better. Um, so please rise as you are able and join us in singing Celebrate Love. Beloved children of the most loving God, Jesus has loved us so that we may love others. Go forth in peace to love and serve the Lord, and may God, who has made you a new creation, give you the grace to grow in faith, hope, justice, and love. Amen.